It's Aisha here from God FM. I hope you're all having an amazing day on God's Sabbath day. Praise the Lord. It's the 23rd today of September uh, 2023. And, uh, well, I've got so much to tell you. <laughs> all I can tell you is that everything that happens in our lives is, is meant to happen. And God has a purpose. And sometimes it doesn't feel like it. But it certainly is all according to God's plan. So, <laughs> my uh, sermon today is called Solid Ground. It's actually, uh, I formed this all this morning, but there's also some other things I want to discuss, which I'm going to bring in now as the intro. Um, because... Something has come uh, to my attention Whew. just today. Totally amazing. And I want to bring it to your attention first. Okay, so some of you may know that I've been under this attack for some time now. And uh, 
So I spoke to my friend who was a pastor and he prayed for me yesterday. I thought, well, God's not hearing me. So I'll get him to pray for me. Maybe God will hear me. And uh, anyway, last night I had all of these machines come on and I was tortured and whatever. And I cried and spoke to God and and then I went to bed. But I knew Jesus was with me and he protected me. And he gave me the grace to endure the torture. Uh, then this morning, uh, the Lord was very precise in, you know, just start doing your work again. Start just, you know, just get your ministry up and running and do your sermon as normal, put your Wi-Fi on and whatever. And uh, and I'll be with you. Don't worry if they torture you. I'll help you endure it. I was like, okay. And then I was uh, talking to God and I was saying, you know what? It's so strange that you won't hear my prayers about this matter. And, uh, well, the Lord was showing me, number one, I needed to have faith and actually just believe. You see? By not, by trying to do everything myself, that shows I don't trust God. But also, what it made me realize is, um, the people who hate God and hate me in this matter, they, they, it's not really a personal thing to me. It's because they've had something bad happen. They are missing out on the love of God. And I believe I understand it a little, so I want to explain it. This is the lesson I learned this morning. And this is when someone has gone through some horrendous time and they've prayed to God and then God has not heard them. And then something bad has happened, really bad. And they thought, well, you know, God can't be real because he let this happen to me. And, and then they hate God. Then along comes someone like me <laughs> who believes in God. And, uh, and God blesses me. And then uh, God answers my prayers. Uh, and so I run this ministry, but I also run an estate agent where I have to evict people, you know, and I have to do horrible things when people don't pay their rent and stuff. So, um, obviously we've got many enemies in that light as well. You see, there needs to be a distinction between God's children and, and the children of Satan. What I also learned is when I went to the shop in town, there was a Satanist charging up the phones for the homeless people in in the shop. There was many people coming in and speaking to him and asking his advice and things. He said he was a Satanist because God didn't answer his prayers. So he went to Satan instead. Then there's me who felt that God wasn't answering my prayers and I went to 
I thought, well, I'm losing faith here. I should go to a church and they'll pray with, with me and for me and maybe they'll come to my house and pray over my house and help me. No, no, no. I was treated like a reject, like um, a bad smell, that I had a demon in me or whatever. And they wouldn't support me. They didn't like me, that's for sure, at the churches. Now, I'm talking generally, all churches don't like me. I don't fit in at the churches. Don't know why. I like trendy clothes. Um, I smoke. I don't drink, but I used to drink. Um, and I swear, um, I'm just a normal person, but I believe in God. And God and I have a relationship where he normally answers my prayers. I don't normally go to church to talk to God. I'd normally have this one-to-one with him at home. And when I've brought people to Christ, I've always wondered, where can I send these people? Because I I don't feel there's any church to send them to. Uh, like the church I recently went to to get support, they asked me how I was getting on with the demons in in a smiling, joking fashion in front of everybody else while I was having lunch with them. Um, not very supportive. In fact, I felt really rejected and um, like I just didn't fit in. There's a lot of things I've realized this morning. And this is that God's children in the churches are not there for the, the widow or for the fatherless. And they're most certainly not there for people who are just coming to God or under a demonic attack. Um, the people who are doing this to me are very angry at God. Very angry indeed. And I actually don't blame them because I was angry at God. This is what I learned. That I was getting angry with God, that he didn't hear my prayers and wasn't answering me. I was behaving a bit like a brat. It's embarrassing to tell you. I got upset. I walked around and sulked because God wouldn't hear me. I felt so sorry for myself. And today I was saying to God, you know, I understand why they hate you. I understand why they hate me now. Because if God didn't answer their prayers, and then there's this person like me, and God answers my prayers, it doesn't seem fair to them. How can they know the love of Christ unless they're tested and they give God a chance? But because they haven't got a relationship with God, when they've called on God and he hasn't answered, they felt really upset and angry. Like I said to God today, I said, my heart is really hurting, you know, because you're not hearing me. And you're not answering me. And and I was hurt. And uh, and I really feel like when I was saying to God today, I said, there's not a lot of difference actually between me and these people, really. 
The only difference is that you listen to my prayers. But actually for many years when I came to God, I prayed to God and he'd never answer my prayers. I thought I was sincere and God didn't listen, didn't hear me. It was when I got ripped off by this builder and it was something like 55 grand plus the vat or something. And I thought my whole world had collapsed. I was turning house into flats and he hadn't finished half the project and run off with the money. And there's a few things that I did wrong. Number one, when I prayed to God, um, well, God answered me and I heard from God. Um, but this builder wouldn't leave me alone after that. And many, about four, three, four years later, this builder still wouldn't leave me alone. And he, he made a, a thing of targeting me and making my life a living nightmare. So I, um, I created a website on him and had him put on TV. And so it says a vengeance is mine. So I apologize, Lord, and to the builder for taking vengeance upon myself. Um, and not trusting you, but I was still new to being a child of God as well. Um, if I met the builder now, I'd probably give him a hug and say thank you because I came to God through this man. And you never know, maybe God will have come into his life some way through this also. I don't know. But there's always a plan. God is in control of everything. Whatever Satan uses to destroy, God can use to make something amazing out of it. As I was saying, I was saying to God, well, if you didn't answer their prayers and they hate you, they will probably be taking it out on me. I can understand now. And uh, what it says in the Bible is that the Lord will hear the prayers of the righteous. So there were, I was thinking, well, I thought, I thought you would have heard me. I thought I'm righteous. Maybe I'm not righteous. Maybe you don't love me anymore. Maybe you, maybe you're testing me. Maybe you've abandoned me. These are all the things that went through my mind. But what more went through those people's mind? Maybe they went to a church and they were treated badly. And so they've rejected God. Now this, this is a problem. For me, it's a problem. Because we are all called to preach the gospel of God, of Jesus, the ghost spell, the word, which is alive in Jesus and us. So we've got the churches which are really obsolete, actually, because the reason Jesus came here is so we can have a one-to-one relationship with him. We don't have to rely on the priests and the, the synagogue, which is a sin, and an agog, which is both bad in the Bible. Um, and uh, they are Pharisees and Sadducees and think they're so perfect and sit at the front rows 
and you know publicly do all of these things to get acknowledgement of the people, but not from God. They're not serving God, they're serving Satan. And they're turning God's people away from God. This is a problem for me. This is a very big problem. Um, and so I've searched high and low, actually, for churches that are true to God and have the Holy Spirit in, in their church. They're not serving some government agenda. They're not accepting a 5G tower for six grand or any of these other things. Or they're not receiving lottery money for their new roof and then, you know, encouraging people to have the mark of the beast. You see, I had a, a dream from the Lord a few years ago that he divorced the churches. Um, and in it, there was a church and there was a nurse and she kept going in the bathroom to do her invoicing and the toilets and everything started overflowing and there was poo and wee over the floor and it was really gross. She was wearing a nurse's outfit and it was on the second, first floor and you could see like it was a mezzanine type thing. You could see over the church and the church was being used for everything but God's work. It was a kindergarten, it was a dancing club, it was a whatever else, but there was no work of God being done there and God's children couldn't go there in the dream. And then God spoke to me. And she just, oh, by the way, the lady just ignored the bathroom, didn't clean it, but was very busy doing the invoicing. And uh, then when she walked out, the door was open. I watched her walk down the corridor. And as she walked down the corridor, the Lord said, I have divorced the churches. And then I woke up. You see, I didn't really understand that dream um, because I hadn't read the Bible. Not fully yet. I was still studying it then. And now I understand. Because people go to the churches to find God when they're in trouble. But what you get at the churches is you get mockery, scorn, and bickering, bitching, two-faced, two-double-minded. One minute they're your friend, the next minute they're gossiping and bitching about you. Um, they're only really there for the service on the Sunday, and there's no infrastructure of support to really show the love of Christ. So I'm calling on all brothers and sisters to start working on this at a one-to-one -one level, please, to hear me. We are all called to be there for our brothers and sisters. It's very easy to be friends with your friends and pray for your friends. But Jesus tells us we're meant to pray for our enemies. And I've never understood until today exactly what he means. I mean, I've understood a bit. But I'm learning and I want to share this with you. If their prayers were not heard by God, then we have to. It is our duty to pray for them because there's a huge amount of people that are still to be rescued for the Lord. The ones that have got misled by Satan and they have not had their prayers answered. 
by our God, our Father in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thine will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I pray this for all my enemies. I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that the Lord will give them a chance to pray to them, to him, and that he will hear their prayers and he will manifest himself in, in their lives and bless them and show them that he is God, but that he loves them most important and that he has great amounts of grace and love and mercy for them and he forgives them. Because that's why Jesus came here. I believe this is what Jesus was trying to show us in the Bible. It's encoded very cleverly. Because Jesus was hanging around with the tax collectors and the sinners. And all the people in the churches, the synagogues, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the writers of the law and the priests and the fake Jews, were all going up to Jesus and basically accusing him of being a drunkard. They were accusing him of having demons. They were casting out demons with Beelzebub, you know. And so any kingdom that is divided will not stand. Do you know what this means? It means that all of the churches should be unified in Christ, in the blood of Christ, and they should all be singing off the same hymn sheet, the same book of life, the same page, uh, singing the same message that Jesus Christ died for us all. There's no special formula for you to receive it. It is there for everybody who wants to receive it. So when I went to the churches, they wouldn't pray for me. So can you imagine these sinners, these ones that have not found God yet, but they could still find God. If they went to the church, the church won't pray for them. What's going on here? What is going on? Not only are they not praying for the people, they're putting the lights on and closing the curtains in 10 o'clock service for our Lord, King of kings, King of glory, maker of heaven and earth, and everyone's falling asleep. So there's a very big gap. In my opinion, we all need to pray for our enemies, that they are not deceived anymore. Because what I found out is that when their prayers are not answered by God, they are left with a gaping big cut, an open wound and a hole because they have not received the love of God. And then on top of this, they meet others and they seek out others who feel the same. And then they become Satanists or whatever, atheists. And actually what I found is Satanists know the Bible very well. 
because they've read it, because they want to know God. But God didn't hear their prayers. Or maybe he did, but they just didn't see it in their lives. You see, when I finally came to God and um, he made himself fully aware, like so I was aware he was real in so many different ways, but it was for my eyes only. He also showed me all the times I'd prayed and he was there. I just didn't know it. Things don't always happen how we want them to either. God isn't a jack-in-the-box. And he won't always answer your prayers in the way you want. And he won't always answer them when you want. Why? Because he is God. I think it's terrible to lose our rag with God. You see, I believe that God won't, won't tolerate that. Uh, I know this because of what it says about Moses, who who got angry with the people and God. Um, when the people were hungry, Moses said to God, well, what are we going to do, kill 500,000 cows for the people now? <laughs> you know, because they want meat. Hmm. And God sent quail. But because of Moses' attitude with also striking the rock for water, um, this meant that Moses was not deemed worthy to be part of the um, promised land and receiving the promised land. So he was only able to see it. This upset me very much. God would be so angry with him. Now that just gives us a flavor of how powerful God is. So also, how can I put this? I know that David, who was the apple of God's eye, loved by God, uh, fell in love, well, wanted to have a, a sexual relationship with Uriah's wife, Bathsheba, and did so. Um, and then arranged for Uriah not to be defended in the next sort of battle of wars, so that he was killed, so that he could have his way with Bathsheba. I also tried to pretend that the baby that Bathsheba was carrying was Uriah's. Um, there was a lot of things that happened. God forgave him. So this, and this is before Jesus came. So I know the power of God's forgiveness and grace and mercy. Um, and I also think that he tests us and tests others. But I pray for our brothers and sisters, but I also pray for our enemies, that God will manifest the, himself in their lives. He'll send dozens and dozens of Christians to knock on the door, that the message will be heard, and finally it'll go in one ear and it'll stay in the mind. They will have ears to hear and eyes to see, and they'll have some understanding. And... They'll feel the love of God in their life. God will fill that hole. I um, I know also in my experience, people who don't believe in God, atheists, I, I know this because I actually had a relationship with one. Um, they are filled with a hole. They can't fill. And this particular person spends all his life, day and night, building, doing projects, 
trying to improve his physical life, but he will never fill that hole because he's not got the love of God. But he doesn't know that. But he's desperately trying to fill this hole. I feel bad for him. So I pray for him also. In the name of Jesus, I pray for them. Um, so yes, this is what I've discovered. And so this is also another reason why Christians will come under attack. Because our churches are not serving God, the people who go to God are being rejected. They think that God's rejecting them. This is costing big time souls, big time. It's now up to you and me, brothers and sisters, to do our little share on the street. The numbers of the people in the churches is diminishing as well, but they're mostly filled with Satanists now, I think, and Masonic people who are not serving God. It's my opinion, of course. <laughs> I want to start this sermon now, and I've covered this very important part of my sermon. My, as I say, my sermon is called Solid Ground, and I want to read you Psalm 26 of David. Vindicate me, Lord, for I have led a blameless life. I have trusted in the Lord and have not faltered. Test me, Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind, for I have always been mindful of your unfailing love and have lived in reliance on your faithfulness. I do not sit with the deceitful, nor do I associate with hypocrites. I abhor the assembly of evildoers and refuse to sit with the wicked. I wash my hands in innocence and go about your altar, Lord, proclaiming aloud your praise and telling of your wonderful deeds. Lord, I love the house where you live, the place where your glory dwells. Do not take away my soul along with sinners my life with those who are bloodthirsty, in whose hands are wicked schemes, whose right hands are full of bribes. I lead a blameless life, deliver me and be merciful to me. My feet stand on ground, it, on level ground. In the great congregation, I will praise the Lord. So yes, uh, my week was up and down. I don't have all the answers. I can only seek the Bible for guidance. I can show you what has happened in my life and I can show you what the Lord does. And this will be a testimony to the Lord and the favor of the Lord in my life and that he is glorious and powerful and mighty and majestic and very fascinating and very clever. Very amazing is our God, the great I am maker of heaven and earth. There's not actually enough words to describe his magnificence. I can only apologize, Lord, for for disrespecting you. And I apologize now. Mighty God, please forgive me. And for the fact that I know that God is with me, no matter what, I will not be afraid of anything. Personally, 
As I say, I've had lots of we- horrible things happen. Um, I reached the point of complete defeat this week and emptiness. I even contemplated or did it actually look at killing myself this week. Um, and I'm not happy to tell you that. You know, when, when you've reached that point where you can't see a way out because God isn't hearing you, this was where I reached. And what it's made me realize is that I can't be a brat. I need to remain the same regardless whether God's answering my prayers or not. I have to remain faithful and I can't be unstable in my ways and my beliefs, sitting on a fence, being double-minded. I need to be straight, true. I need to seek Jesus in everything. But also, I have to always seek what would Jesus do in this situation? I feel I've gone around in circles a bit this week. Uh, But I also know that God is watching everything. If you were mining for gold, you'd get a sieve and then there'd be clumps of gold and you'd take out the clumps and then there'd be little flakes, wouldn't there, you know. Then you'd take out the flakes and then you'd melt them down to make your gold. That's refining gold. I believe this is what God is doing to me and he's doing to probably many others. This struggle has been going on since March now. Um, so it's like eight months or whatever. Very, very, very hard. But I know that the Lord is in control. But there does reach a point where you just think, well, this is just endless. Mm-hmm. But I have come to the conclusion, no matter what the outcome, God is got his plan. Um, and so where Jesus had to suffer and die on the cross for us, the more suffering I go through, the more I will pray for my neighbors now. I assume that's my job. That is my job to do. It's my duty to do this, to pray that Satan will uh, not have his clutches on them anymore and that instead of being my enemies, they will be my friends. Because I quite like them, actually. (laughs) I know a lot of them involved. (laughs) (coughs) So, I just wanted to, you know, cover this. Every day and every week I learn something new. Like now my head is hurting. Hurting very bad. Because of whatever they've done with the electricity here. But the Lord will give me the power to endure the pain and to pray for my enemies. And uh, yes, that's what I am called to do. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, this is, I think I've yet typed this. Also, Paul had this affliction and the Lord wouldn't heal him, but he gave him the grace to endure it. So I believe that the Lord can give me all of that and more. Then there's also Meshach, Bishak and Abignego who were called to worship the statue and wouldn't. And uh, they were going to be thrown in the furnace. And they said, oh, you can make it hotter if you like. 
Uh, we will not worship you, your statue. If our God hears us, he will save us. But if he does not, then we still will not worship your statue. And as you know, God did rescue them and then not a single hair was harmed on them. But the fact is that they were prepared no matter what to endure, whatever they had to endure, because they believed in God. Hmm. So you have to also believe that God will be there, but you have to behave like so. You have to behave like you're a child of God in the way you conduct yourself. You can't get angry. It's another thing I've discovered. You have to remain the same. You can't get angry with anyone. You can't get angry with God. You have to pray that the Lord gives you the grace to get through it. Hmm. The word realize is my next heading. What I realize is that I needed to trust the Lord. In the beginning, I trusted the Lord so much. When this first started, I really just trusted God. I knew that he would come through. But the longer it went on, the more my faith waned. And I stopped trusting God because I started feeling like I wasn't winning and that my enemies were winning. And this is when they started to win even more because the more I stopped trusting God, the more they got a hold. When I shut down God FM because I couldn't operate, they really got a hold. Hmm. Why? Because um, I didn't trust God. Not enough. I was also angry. So yes, this is what I'm going through. <laughs> I just wanted to explain it to you. Hmm. So, anyway, I believe that everything leads to the glory of God. Um, but also I want you to think that if you've got a relationship with God and he doesn't answer you, then getting angry with him is the really bad idea because he's the only one who can help you. Such a bad I've learned so much, you know. I know that God has always been working behind the scenes and we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities in the spiritual world, the leaders of this world. Uh, that's what I'm discovering anyway. I have found with this problem with the electrics is by praying and throwing water, holy water all over the house and anointing the doors with holy oil. That really helps. And to pray the Lord's Prayer and to cast out the demons. Yes, that really helps. So it is a spiritual war, even though it's manifested itself as a physical thing. You know. Hmm. My next setting is the vine. 1 Kings 4, colon 25. So Judah and Israel lived in safety, every man under his vine and his fig tree, from Dan even to Beersheba, all the days of Solomon. 
2 Kings 18, colon 31. Do not listen to Hezekiah, for thus says the Lord of Assyria, Make your peace with me, and come out to me, and eat each of his vine, and each of his fig tree, and drink each of the waters of his own cistern. And we've got Micah 4, colon 4. Each of them will sit under his vine, and under his fig tree, with no one to make them afraid, for the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken. Zechariah 3, colon 10. In that day, declares the Lord of hosts, every one of you will invite his neighbor to sit under his vine and under his fig tree. Jeremiah 2, colon 21. Yet I planted you in a choice vine, a completely faithful seed. How then have you turned yourself before me into the degenerate shoots of a foreign vine. Well, that's so interesting, you know, because what it shows me is your conduct and your behavior demonstrates whether you are part of the vine, as in your roots and your fruit and your conduct, your behavior. You know, it's so amazing it is. Ah, So what does Jesus mean when he says, He is the vine. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes. Then it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches, whoever abides in me, and I in him. He it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you cannot can do nothing. John fifteen colon one to five. In the book of John, Jesus says I am seven times. Seven is the number of completeness of spiritual perfection. They are I am the bread. In John 6, colon 35, I am the light of the world, John 8, colon 12, I am the door, John 10, colon 7 to 9, I am the good shepherd, John 10, colon 11, I am the resurrection and the life, John 11, 25, I am the way, the truth and the life, John 14, colon 6, I am the true vine, John 5, colon 1 to 5. So when I say I am going to the shop, I know God is with me because his name is I am. He says, I am the great I am. I am who I am. Mm -hmm. So what does the true vine mean in the Bible? A grapevine is a productive plant. A solitary plant can bear numerous grapes. In the Old Testament, grapes represented Israel's productivity, fruitfulness in tackling God's job on earth. Psalm 80, colon 8, Isaiah 5, colon 1 to 7. During the Passover meal, God's goodness and righteousness were represented by what the vine had produced, the fruit. In the first 16 verses of the book of John, we can see that content, the condition, and the consequences of a fruitful vineyard. In verses 1 to 5, we have the content of a fruitful vineyard. How does true vine 
relate to the church. Christ is that vine. God is the planter who focus, focuses and tends to the branches of the vine to make believers in Christ. The productive branches, the branches that bear fruit, are the genuine believers who by their living association with Christ produce a lot of fruit. Yet the individuals who become inefficient, those individuals who abandon following Christ after making a shallow profession, will be isolated or cut off from the plant. Inefficient or unproductive believers are just about as useless as a dead branch on a tree and will be cut off and thrown away. Jesus makes a qualification between the two sorts of pruning, isolating and scaling back branches. Productive branches are scaled back to advanced development. All in all, God will at times teach us to fortify our character and faith. In any case, branches that do not prove to be fruitful are cut off at the base. Since they are useless, they frequently contaminate the remainder of the tree. The individuals who will not prove to be fruitful for God or who attempt to impede the endeavor endeavors of God's believers will be cut off from the heavenly progression of life. Fruit is not restricted to just only soul winning. It's about joy, love, are all referenced in the fruit of the Spirit in 15 colon 7 and 11, 12. Different qualities of the Christian character are portrayed as fruit in Galatians 5, colon 22 and 24, Galatians 5, colon 22 to 24. I'm now going to read to you, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And 2 Peter 1, colon 5 to 8. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities, in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. God provides what we need. God purges, he prunes, and he promotes. What is produced is fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. We see in verses 6 to 14 the conditions of the fruitful branch. How does true vine relate to a Christian life? The Christian is to abide in and obey Christ. A Christian believes Jesus is God's Son, whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. 1 John 4, 15. A Christian receives Christ as Saviour and Lord, but as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, John 1, colon 12. A Christian will do what God directs, and he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him, 
And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the Spirit which he has given us. 1 John 3, 34. A Christian will continue in faith. Let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. 1 John 2, 24. A Christian will relate with other believers. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. John 15, 12. There are so many Christians who attempt to do what is good, to be honest, and to make wise decisions. However, Jesus says the best way to carry on with a genuinely decent life is to remain connected to him like a branch connected to the plant, the vine. Aside from him, our endeavors are unfruitful. God is the glorified when a plant or branch bears much fruit for every day, he sent the sun and the rain to make the crops develop. God continually sustained each man- minuscule plant and set it up to bloom and blossom. What a snapshot of magnificence for the Lord of the harvest when the harvest is brought into the silos or the barns, protected and prepared for use. This cultivating or farming comparison shows how God is glorified when individuals come into correct relationship with him and start to bear much fruit in their lives. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long, yes, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Galatians 5, 22-23. So it's all about working with the Spirit and knowing that God is inside us, making sure that we are in synergy and we are working according to what God wants us to do, what his plan is. We're demonstrating that we are his children. The fact that Jesus sacrificed himself. If we are to love our neighbors as ourselves, that's what Jesus did for us. He loved his neighbors as himself. He said to, G- to God, his Father, who is him in heavens, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. But he laid his life down for us and prayed for us as we did this to him. Which I think is so amazing. Um, so it is actually all about love. What I realize really is people are lacking love. So the world is just pieced together slightly obs- obstructively in a destructive way. Families are disjointed and they're not receiving the love. Children are not receiving it. Families are too busy working. If there's a single mother, she's got to try and bring up the children single-handedly and probably keep a job or whatever. It's very hard it is. Women are often treated like piece of meat, uh, sexually lusted after, and then thrown away like trash, and then told that they must submit to their husbands when they have no husband. That's what I'm finding. Sorry, I'm just being straight with you here. 
I think that we what we need to do is submit to Jesus Christ who is our head. Um, the world is very disjointed. We need to try and, if we are with a family, to all be singing off the same hymn sheet. Can't unify with someone who doesn't believe the same thing. Be careful who you choose to marry. Otherwise you could be battling them all your life, that's what I'm thinking. My next heading is, are you a twig that flies off the handle away from its branch? Isaiah 27, colon 11. When its twigs are dry, they are broken off, and women come and make fires with them. For this is a people without understanding, so their maker has no compassion on them, and their creator shows them no favor. Hosea 12, 10, colon 7. Samaria and its king will be carried off like a twig on the surface of the waters. You know what I find so amazing about what the Lord writes in his Bible is it just magnifies him so incredibly when he refers to them like a twig on some water, you know. It just makes them look so teeny-weeny. All our enemies are like this against us because we have God with us. We are magnified through Christ. Through our faith, trust in God, through the fruits of the Spirit, which can only come about when we follow what we are told and we are following what God wants us to do. My next heading is, I'm a twig and I'm also a branch. In Ezekiel 17, colon 22, thus says the Lord God, I myself will take a twig from the lofty top of the cedar and will set it out. I will crop off from the topmost of its young twigs and a tender one, and I will plant it on a high and lofty mountain. Ezekiel 17, colon 6, Then it sprouted and grew and became a low, spreading vine, whose branches turned in submission towards him, but its roots remained under it. So it became a vine and yielded shoots and sent out branches. My next heading is pruning branches. <laughs> Isaiah 4, colon 2, the branch mentioned here is a frequent symbol of Jesus Christ, who is the God family, but also the fruit of the earth, meaning he is both God kind and humankind. Notice that only those chosen and rescued by God benefit from the enhanced production of fruit. Isaiah 11, colon 1, explains the branch more fully, and there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse. And a branch shall grow out of his roots. The branch descends from the line of Jesse, the father of David. Jeremiah 23, colon 5 and 33, colon 15, both refer to a branch of righteousness, a Davidic lineage, a David lineage. And in Revelation 22, colon 16, Jesus himself affirms, I am the root and the offspring of David. And since we are from the same branch and tree and vine, we have to be pruned so we can align ourselves and fit within the kingdom, but also be singing from the same hymn sheet as in the same page, as in the pages of life, which are written before we were even born. God is the author and he's in control of everything. Who did Jesus refer to as the branches? Is my next heading, 1 John. Oh, sorry, in John 15, colon 
5, Jesus identifies his disciples as the fruit-bearing branches while referring to those in the room with him. The implication is that all believers have the role of fruit-bearing branches. So, <laughs> so yes, my next heading is actually God watches everything. So I just want to remind you, so when I was talking to this pastor from Africa, Nigeria, Anthony, fantastic gentleman of God, known him for many years now, must be over 10 years, I think, nearly. He kept saying when he was praying that we know that you're watching everything and listening to everything we're talking about. Which I just, I reminded myself just, wow, that's amazing. This all reminds me of the fact that we need to know, no matter what we're thinking, God knows our hearts and our minds and everything. But also, when he was praying, he kept reaffirming all the reasons why God had to answer our prayers because he wrote it in his Bible that he will never leave us nor forsake us and all these wonderful things. So I strongly recommend that we start doing this also when we pray to God, that we reaffirm all the promises and that, you know, he's promised this in his Bible. Maybe that also gives us extra strength because we're quoting his own word and his book, the gospel, because he is the word in heaven and he's the word in the Bible and he's also the word in the flesh who's alive inside us. And my next setting is when the going gets tough, the tough get going. In 2 Corinthians 1, 8 to 9, Paul shares how his hardships taught him to place his trust in God instead of placing his faith in himself. We get tougher when we embrace our limitations and trust God's process. He is helping us trust him in every trial we go through. Psalm 9, 9 to 10, the Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Never, uh, Jesus never wants to see us in pain, yet we will have hard times throughout our lives because of sin in the world. God can take the bad things and turn them into something good. Romans 8, 28, no matter where you find yourself today, know that Jesus is with you every step of the way. 2 Corinthians 5-7 to tells us it can be difficult to trust God during uncertain times, but as believers we know that his ways are not our ways and he will ultimately work all things out for good. In Isaiah 55, 8-9 and Romans 8, 8-28, having faith in difficult times can allow you to find peace in God's presence. Matthew 11, 28-30, turn to Jesus to find rest from your heavy burden. Come to me, and you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. That's amazing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Will God fight for you? Question mark. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Exodus 14, colon 14. 
It might seem too amazing to be true, but the God of the universe wants to be our champion, the warrior who will gain victory for us. While we know that he is mighty, we can sometimes forget to call on him in the midst of trials. What do you do when God does not answer your prayers? Question mark. And all your enemies succeed against you and no one is there to help you. Romans 12 colon 19 says, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. What do you do if your enemies rewire your house and torture you? What do you do when you have all your devices, everything that's online, your telephone line, hacked, a box put on it, your phones are cloned, the SIM cards are cloned, your iCloud's cloned, they break into your house through your front door, through your windows, your loft, and every time you manage to fix it, they come in and rewire it. And they assault you publicly and shout at you like a stalker. They pounce on any visitors you or guests you have visit. They control your electrics. They isolate you so you have nobody. And they cut cables to your car so that that could kill you. Do the police help you? No, they send an ambulance. Electricians suggest that maybe you should get a head massage. They mock and scoff and laugh. Others suggest talking to the doctor or maybe taking some pills to help you sleep. My next heading is never give up. 1 Timothy 6 colon 12. Fight the good fight of the faith. The first line in 1 Timothy 6 colon 12 is particularly beautiful and encouraging. Fight the fight of the faith. Essentially, this verse inspires you to never give up and to keep doing what's right, those who continue to fight the good fight will find happiness. What does God say about being with you and fighting for you? Question mark. Let's remind ourselves of his mighty words, which are alive. When you obey Jesus and respond to your enemies with love, prayer and forgiveness and blessing, you take yourself out of Satan's line of fire and make room for God to handle justice as he and only he can. You don't have to worry about your enemies. God says he will handle them on your behalf. How? Question mark. Here are five ways God promises to deal with your enemies. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. He will bring everything hidden into the light. Enemies can be sneaky. They will say cutting remarks to you, no one else notices, threaten you when others aren't around, or to quietly, quietly cheat you out of money, opportunities, or relationships. Even so, there is one who sees everything that is done in secret. And he says, nothing is secret that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. Luke 8, colon 17. Next time you have an enemy coming against you, obey Luke 6, colon 27 to 36, which says, love your enemies. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. 
Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Then pray, Luke 8, colon 17, for nothing is hidden that will not be manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. And thank God that he will bring everything hidden into the light. He will avenge you. That desire you have for justice, that comes from the one in whose image you were created. He is the God of justice, and he loves justice. It's good to want justice in the world, but when you try to get it for yourself, you've put yourself in his place. Romans 12, colon 19 says, Never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Under blessing, God has promised to deal with our enemies. The Lord shall cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before your face. This is the blessing that belongs to you. They will come against you one way, but fleet before you seven ways. When you are under the curse, you run from the enemies, but under the blessing, they run from you. You may not see it at first, but you can count on him to carry out what he has promised. Also, just remember that we are only here temporarily as well. So we're in the world, but not of the world. He won't let enemies succeed against you. Your greater enemy has come to steal, kill and destroy, and he doesn't work alone. He'll use people, even Christians, to carry out his plans. Sometimes it even seems like those plans are succeeding. In Isaiah 54:17, it says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. So if you have people trying to sue you or harm you in any way, you just walk in love towards them and stand on that scripture, Faith has no fear. He will prepare a table before you when you're walking in love and in obedience to God's word. No matter who comes against you, they can't stop the blessing God has in store for you. Satan uses people to try and get us into offense. He knows if he can get us in strife and out of love, we're out of the position to receive the blessings of God. So stay on the love line and don't budge. No matter how much wrong is done to you, Forgive, love, and pray, then declare and receive his promise to prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies in Psalm 23, 5. He will help you defeat the real enemy. At the end of the day, you might think your enemy is your co-worker, your neighbor, or your mother-in-law, but the true enemy is Satan.
<laughs> Always. Hmm. And he's always pulling those strings. In Ephesians 6, 12 to 13, it tells us we don't fight against flesh, but against principalities and evil spirits. I've actually printed uh, Ephesians 6, 10, and I'll read that to you as well. But we just need to remind ourselves of all of these things, that God has the ultimate authority over the enemy. So when he tries to send people your way, you've got to rebuke them rebuke the uh, the demons cast them out of your enemies so that god can get to work in them ephesians 6 colon 10 the whole armor of god a final word be strong in the lord and in his mighty power put on the all the armor of god so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor, so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness, for shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Final word, remain the same all the time. Don't snap and don't get angry. Just seek the Lord and seek the Bible for answers. And praise the Lord. Thank him for everything that is going on that is good. Jesus already conquered the enemy and he succeeded. And he's won his battle we just need to receive that salvation and accept this free gift of eternal life, which we also are here to shine the light of Jesus. And this is in the conduct of the way we behave, by sharing, helping the widow, helping the fatherless, helping the hom homeless, those people who are struggling, doing our little bits to bring them to Christ because we're representing Christ. You know, when Jesus said to these people, I never knew you, they said, oh, but we did this and we did this. He said, yeah, but you didn't feed me. You never helped me. You never clothed me. They said, well, where were you? He says, I am all those people, the homeless and everything. So always be prepared that Jesus could just walk up to you any time as a homeless person. Or he might be someone that you bump into at the petrol station has got not enough money to pay for their petrol and is in tears or struggling and they're short maybe you've got enough money to help them out and show them a gesture of kindness that Jesus would do these are all the things that are important the great commission I want to remind you of as well we're all called by Jesus Christ 
This means not just men, okay? This is for women also. I reinforce this. We're all here to preach and teach. Not just men. This is very important. Someone has to teach other people about God. And uh, if we have to start hunting men down to teach people, we really are going to be in trouble because there's not many men that know the Bible. So I'm finding. And we can't trust the priest because they only tell you what they want you to know. So we have to start reading the Bible ourselves. And uh, we need to, uh, we all need to preach to get the message the seed sown so that people are interested enough to want to go and read the Bible and get to know Jesus and have this loving relationship with him. In Matthew 28, colon, 16 to 20, the Great Commission, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. Yes? Okay, there we go. Hmm. Also, the temple of God is no longer a building. We are the body of Christ, and we are also the temple. We are God's body, God's temple. 1 Corinthians 3, colon 16, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells inside you, in your midst? 1 Corinthians 16, 6, colon 19 to 20, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, Within you, whom you have from God, you are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. So uh, also Ephesians 2, colon 10, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Beautiful, isn't it? Hmm. While I was reading that, I thought of something. What was it? Uh, hmm. Yes. Some of us are on our own. And we need to be there for one another. I don't understand why there are so many different churches and dominion, dominionations and all this other nonsense. <clears throat> I've never understood it, and I don't think I ever will. I've met people, and they go, which uh, dominion? Uh, it sounds a bit like dominion. Denomination, are you from? Sounds like dominoes, doesn't it? Well, it is like dominoes. It's like a house of cards that falls down. House of cards won't stand. It's not made. It's not standing on the rock, and it's not made of stone. Don't be a house of cards. Be a house of God. Stop following all these different strange doctrine, which is cultified, leading you off the pathway of truth. The love of Christ, which is what we're meant to be doing, what we're meant to be preaching. But because so many people are too busy to read the Bible, we're trusting the priests and the churches 
who mostly have Satanists in them now. And they won't pray properly for you. Goodness knows what's going on. But it's a mess. It is. It's a big mess. Because also what I've noticed is that uh, the churches charge to hire out their spare rooms to cook for the homeless. Yeah? Crazy it is. It's all pretentious. It's all lies. They don't really care about the people. If we had 52 churches in my town provide a home for the homeless for one week of the year, then all the homeless will be off the street. See? Simple. (coughs) (laughs) So... So then you've got the Protestants, uh, what else have you got? got so many different, I don't even know what they do. Uh, different followings, different belief systems. But some people who, you know, stick with the Old Testament, they keep Judaizing the Bible, uh, telling us that we must not eat pork, even though it says in Acts 10, 15, that you must, uh, that the Lord's angel spoke to Peter, and said that there's nothing unclean anymore. They read it and see it as something else. They read one, they read the scripture and they come up with something completely different. God's Bible is not a riddle. If it is factual, you must take it as factual. If you are not able to ascertain the facts because it is written in that way, then you are to to glean from the rest of the Bible, the full knowledge of what he is saying. Because often what you find, well, you always find God, when he wants to hammer home a point, he says it three times. He does. I noticed also in Peter, uh, when Peter writes to us, uh, those are very important letters as well. Definitely read Peter um, and and John. 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, Peter. Uh, 1 and 2 Peter. They're writing to us today. Really, I believe it. Uh, Peter says, oh, Paul's letters are difficult to understand. And uh, he implies that the words are twisted by those in the know. You see, Satan knows the Bible better than we do. And the Satanists also do. The people who have come up against me know know the Bible very well. They do. Um, now, what's the difference between reading the Bible and understanding the Bible? Well, the difference is having the Holy Spirit. So what I think has happened is you get people who um, read the Bible, they haven't got the Holy Spirit, and then they misinterpret the wording. And this can happen in the churches because they've decided to go into the ministry work as a job and a career. Maybe because their family did it. I don't know. But they weren't reborn properly. You see, to be reborn, you have to die and then be resurrected in Christ. What does this mean? I believe you reach the pit. You reach a point where you just cannot continue and you hand your life to Christ because actually you can't see any other way and you want Christ to be real. And you do the sinner's prayer and Christ comes into your life and changes your life. And he raises you from the pit, which is 
death and brings you to life. You do get some people who have not had to go through that because um, God has uh, picked them from birth, maybe. I don't know. But I can tell you that you need the Holy Spirit to understand the Word of God. Hmm. But because the Satanists have learned it parrot fashion, they also have their little tutors who tell them how to interpret the Bible. Yes. So what I've noticed is if I put things out there, one of the attacks I get regularly is men saying, oh, women shouldn't be ministers, diddly dum, and all this other nonsense. And they always quote this same two bits of scripture, which are completely taken out of context. And uh, Paul would have not gone round with a female minister if he didn't think there should be female ministers. And then we've also got to ask who John was writing to in, in the Bible, the lady, the chosen elect lady. One person, she is not the church because grammatically it reads as one person, not plural. And also John writes to independent people in the other letters. So why is he writing to the church as a lady? It's nonsense. People who have misinterpreted this are trying to undermine the female in the Bible. Again, I'm getting so tired of it. There is a very important female in the Bible. And you just need to look her up. The daughter of Zion, the queen of the south. Um, she's also the lady who gives out the living waters in the Revelation. Yes, the bride says, come and drink of the living waters. Who is the bride? Very good questions to ask. Be careful thinking you are the bride. I'm not sure exactly what the bride is. Okay, but it could well be a real individual like Jesus. And if everybody turns up at the wedding dressed as a bride and they are not the bride and they are only guests because even John the Baptist is invited as the best man, as a guest to the wedding. He's not the bride. So... Why would we think we are the bride? Because John the Baptist is uh, Elijah reborn. And uh, Elijah is the least in the kingdom of God. And the most on earth, according to Jesus. And Jesus says, be careful when you go to the banquet that you don't sit at the front seats. Because then uh, you might be told to sit at the back because you're not important and it'll be embarrassing so um there's a lot that needs to be interpreted and we only can get this from the holy spirit we cannot take other people's interpretations so i think that we've gone wrong this way because what happens it's like uh, one sheep jumps off a cliff and then all the rest jump off the cliff because they're all following one another it's like a train to hell. We need to interpret the Bible ourselves. Yes, there are some very good tutors online. Walter, 
face face a South African guy, excellent. Um, and there are some other Derek Prince is excellent also. Um, I like Joyce Myers, but you know some of the stuff she she does with the fingers it, it says another thing. But I've always found her incredibly encouraging because I've not felt felt welcomed by the churches. So I have TBN on usually all the time or Trans World Radio, which is on 733 on the free channel in the UK. Um, and TBN in the UK is channel 66. Um, so be careful where you take your knowledge from and opinions of the Bible. If in doubt, ask the Lord to show you and read if you've got time. There's also the Bible series on YouTube, which is free. It's eight uh, one-hour documentaries about the Bible. It'll give you a really good understanding of the Bible. There's 66 books in the Bible. If you haven't got time to read them, get yourself the children's stories of the Bible and read them. This will get you into it and get you a flavor and a taste for it. Everything that is written in the Bible is true. We are in the final days and I really believe that there is not long before God comes. I really hope that we're all ready. But if the people are taught by the church's behavior not to welcome the widow or the fatherless and to mock and scorn those in trouble and to make them feel outcast because they think they've got a demon inside them. Yeah, that's what happened to me. Uh, then really there's no help for for us. We're in deep trouble because there's not going to be many of us. It's a very narrow pathway. And Satan has, seems to have invaded all the churches, infiltrated it. There might be godly people there, but uh, a few and far between. They're all competing for brownie points. And also the, the uh, ministers won't pray for you unless you're regular at their congregation, licking their asses, sucking up poo. And frankly, I don't like eating bullshit. I like only the truth, which is I can get directly from the Bible. I've never been an ass licker and I don't intend to now. I don't like people telling me what to do either. I don't like people telling me what to believe. I've never really very, been very good at that. That's why I'm different. That's probably why I'm not liked, because I won't stand for it. I don't like people telling me what to do. Um, and I like to think with my own mind. I have my own mind, and I like to think, and I have my own opinions, which I form in my own mind, because I believe that we all are independent people, with our own personalities. We're not part of a hive mind with one man thinking. So this is where the Bible comes in so that you can interpret the word according to the way the Lord shows you. There's also going to be situations where, like today, where one of my pastor friends came over to anoint my house and... When I was telling him about my experiences, 
he was saying, oh, yes, I, I've learned something from you also today. We all need to be humble and learn from each other. It's not a competition. <laughs> God loves us all. He does. He really loves us all, even the sinners, even those who are up against us. God can redeem anybody. He redeemed Saul and made him Paul. And this is the guy that was going around killing all the ministers and preachers. If God can do this, he can do it for all of us. He can do it for all our enemies. And those people who are my enemies today could very well be my brothers and sisters in Christ tomorrow. And uh, so never ever doubt the power of God because he is the God of miracles. I really believe it. I trust in the Lord. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this sermon. It's been very, very good for me to share my experiences and my struggles, my ups and downs, and uh, the fact that you can go through a trial and go up and down and lose faith and still believe that God will pull you through. I know that God has given me victory. I just have to watch it play out now. But the most important thing is that I believe it. I trust God. You see, if we can't trust in man, which is what God says, then we have to trust God. And if we can't trust God, then we're really in big trouble. Big trouble. And for those of you who don't know, God's real children are spread all over the world, worshipping different gods. We don't even know who we are. We were sold into slavery for nothing. That's why there's no bill of sale. And that is why you don't even know that you're in the slavery money system of Satan. His rivers of water sit on banks just like God's living water. But his living water is money. And that's why it is the water that chases the woman down. But it's also energy, what and earth. Because it's all about power and elect, electricery. Everything that God does, Satan does a copy of it. And he tries to trick everybody. Satan's trying to trick everybody through, I think, all the churches. It's important, please, to listen. We must stop following pagans. And stop doing Christmas, Easter, birthdays, Mother's Day, Father's Day, and all these other things that are pagan. This is Roman Empire. The Roman Empire has healed its head and has returned with an ugly, horrible, monstrous control city system, smart city system, and it is going to be awful. That is the Roman Babylonian system, Towers of Babylon, the 5G, which has returned with vengeance through the Roman Catholic Church. Roman Catholic Church, as in Roman Empire, which never, ever really disappeared. It's always been there. It's very interesting. That's why the kings and queens are coronated, because only the dead can uh, deal with the dead as in coronation, coronated. 
And uh, then we've also got the knights that serve the kings, as in the dead, dark knights. K for knight, knight. K as in king. <coughs> and so I want you to remember that the word is alive. As you read it, it comes alive in you comes into your eyes through your pineal gland and it is risen and res- as a, a res- resurrected. Uh, it comes alive. Really do need to be reborn. So if you do follow Christ and you've handed your life to Christ, you need to do it as an adult. It doesn't matter if you found God as a child. Just make sure that you've done the sinner's prayer as an adult. Please hear what I'm saying. Because you might think that God's with you, but he may not have heard the sinner's prayer where you admit you're a sinner and do, do all of that. I strongly recommend just be sure of who you are in Jesus Christ and also get baptized and talk to God like I'm talking to you every day, all day, in your head, aloud. Sing his praises and his glory in the good times and the bad times. When the tough get going, the going get tough, the tough get going and the tough gets going. Woohoo! Yeah. Always look on the bright side of life. Do 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 do. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. He does love us. I pray also that God will give us all understanding in this really strange things at the times that we're going through. I really believe these are the final days. I had something really amazing revealed to me uh, the other day. I'm going to quickly share it with you. Uh, this was banks, but money as well. But also the healing of the head, which is the Roman Empire. Uh, the Pope was saying that his head's nearly healed. And I was like, ah, I see now. Now I understand Roman Empire, he is, that's why in England you pay VAT, Vatican. It's Satan's money system. Nebuchadnezzar, Babel, Babylon, same place. Wow. England, Babylonian, united, untied, Satan untied. America, Satan untied, united. So amazing it is. Money system in America, pyramids. Roman writing on everything, birth certificates, Roman writing. That's the currency. They're trading in people, trafficking people, souls and physical people. And there's a lot of trafficking going on, buying and selling of people. The revelation that I had, I'm just trying to remember exactly how to put it. Because it was very sudden and it was a lot to take in. Um, The Roman Empire is back in force. It's the 5G. Uh, it's connected with the mark of the beast, which controls the minds of those that have taken the mark of the beast through Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, and electricery, which you pay for ACDC current, black and red wires, black of death, blood of Christ, and earth as anagram for heart. So through the system... Also, the power of light is going to be used, as in the false light, through electricity with the 6G. And they will be able to upload and download updates to people's minds. 
Satan will be ruling from his temple. This will be the hive mind temple cloud, Sheol, AI, which is opposite to God, which is I am. This is the mark of the beast, the 666, six score six score six, which is 218,000, which is an extra strand of DNA because you've got two strands of 72,000 and an extra strand gives you 218,000, which is your mark of the beast. Also, if you calculate it slightly differently, you get 12, 12, 12, 2012, and you also get 666. Um, so we are definitely in the final days. Uh, you won't be able to buy or sell without it. They're about to crash the system. Interest rates have gone up. Everything's happening. The smart city, cities also, all to control you. I also was given a revelation, a totally amazing one, which I'm sure a lot of people have come to understand. The lockdowns were so that you'd work from home. In your home, your houses have probably got smart meters or have been rewired for the 6G wiring. It is a body snatch. It is a fake book shield. A copy of you. Your soul. Make sure that you know where your soul belongs. Be, be a slave to Jesus, not to Satan. That's why I believe. We used to have free electricity before. We don't have it anymore. That's why it's called utility, because you till the ground, why? Why do you till it? You till it, why? Utility. That was given to me in a dream also by the Lord. Um, so, very amazing. And it's all to do with merging robots with humans, operating systems being built into the body, having weird offspring. It's like the times of Noah and also Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, here's something interesting. Um, I looked up what sodomy was because I wasn't really sure. Yeah, exactly what it was. Apparently, it's about having sex up the bum, uh, male or female, and or oral sex. I didn't know oral sex was sodomy. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. But then I'm just lacking in knowledge sometimes in these things. Like I don't know about drugs either because I don't take them. I don't know anyone who does, you know, really take them. So I don't really understand it. But um, So sodomy is big time happening. That's why you've got Lady Gaga with the big fat red uh, black eyes because that's what happens to children if you sodomize them. Then I was talking to my friend about it. How would they sodomize a child as a woman? How, how would she sodomize a child? With her fists. Yes. This is happening. And they are legalizing pedophilia. Men are becoming women and women are becoming men. Women who were a woman, now a man, are able to carry a baby and look like a man carrying a baby, fulfilling the prophecies of Isaiah. These are definitely the times of Noah and also... Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, so please listen to what I said about reading 1, 2, and 3 John and uh, read 1 and 2 Peter also. Uh, it'll really give you some understanding of the times we're in. And Jude, also very good. These little books towards the end of the Bible are incredible. 
Um, and so I found it totally wow, totally wow. If you get a chance, just start rereading the Bible. Um, the way I explain the Bible also is the Old Testament is the story. His story. Then uh, the New Testament is the new will and testament of Jesus Christ for the children of God. It's telling you the story of our Father, our Father in heaven who came to earth and was made alive in the flesh, supernaturally through the Spirit. And then in return as his seed is made alive, then we are resurrected through the Spirit in fleshly bodies. Very clever indeed. Uh, so you've got Matthew, Mark, Luke and John tell the same stories all about Jesus. And then you've got what we are to do with all this knowledge and going into slightly more detail, confirming all the prophecies and all the skills and the way we meant to conduct ourselves, testimonies of, of other priests uh, and disciples, and uh, how you're rejected, like Paul was rejected by a lot of them, and how you're, you might set up a ministry like Paul did, and then those people that you've put in charge can actually start hating you, turn everyone against you, which can seem pointless, and how we are not called to receive funds for the work of God as well. Lots of things that have changed, that we are now the the temple of God, that uh, the Spirit dwells in us. And we are to call on God about everything and not to rely on man, not to trust in man. So definitely consider reading what books were taken out of the Bible. People say, oh, it's not authorized canon. Really? Says who? Man. <laughs> Do we, are, we, are we to trust in man? No. I've read all of the books and I couldn't find any contradictions. Why did I read them? Well, I was so addicted to the Bible. I was so hooked. I was just, you know, when you want more. And I wanted to just find out more because I also thought there was a gap between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And I found out a lot more information. It was very, very nourishing for me. Hmm. So, yes. Um, I want to uh, close now. And just share with you that God loves you. I love you. I'm with you. Even if I'm not with you there physically. I'm with you in the spirit. I've actually had this from people who said, that, you know, they cried out uh, in a situation. They're shouting at someone and they'll overhear me saying, pack it in or um, pull yourself together or get a grip, you know. <coughs> it's very, very interesting. And... Remember, the Holy Spirit is a slow, silent little voice. So to hear it, you need to be in the same format, thinking, behavior, structure, quiet, peaceful, joyful, harmonious, full of joy, and all the love of God. I really believe it. Even to the point where you are mocked. Like, you know, when Jesus says, oh, you know, if someone steals something, just give it to them, you know. Oh, they want your coat, give them, give them something else as well, you know. Give them everything, you know, it's fine. And it almost makes you look stupid, doesn't it? But it isn't stupidity. It's about showing them who we are. 
We're not going to join them at their level. We're at a totally different level. Our kingdom is in the heavens with God. He prepared a place for us, remember? And he left us his helper, the Holy Spirit, so that he is with us wherever we go. We're never alone, even in the worst of trials. He is with us in the Spirit. And he will give you dreams and visions, and he will speak to you if you ask him to. Sometimes he doesn't answer, as I've found. But he's with us. And you just need to trust in him. Let's close with the sinner's prayer. You can find God FM on Podbean, Spotify, Amazon, Samsung, Chrome, Bitchute, Rumble, YouTube. <coughs> I think we're on Facebook. Not a lot on Facebook at the moment. Um, and uh, you can reach us on Telegram. God FM News, God FM Bible School, God's Homeschool, God's Sermons. And you can email me admin at godfm.org.uk. Uh, you can find our website, www.godfm.org.uk. We are still looking for help with electricians and Wi-Fi, uh, anti-hackers, uh, anything you can provide me with, websites, email addresses, servers that won't be hacked, etc. would be so wonderful. I'd be so very, very grateful. If you want to help me, Please contact me. You can contact me on my email, admin at godfm.org.uk. Bear in mind, we're probably hacked on this. I don't know if I'll get your email. But you can always phone the number on our website, www.godfm.org.uk. All right, uh, let's do this in this prayer. I love you all. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that you came to earth and died on the cross for my sins. I know you are the Son of God, and I know that I'm a sinner, and I beg forgiveness for my sins. I pray that you'll forgive me for losing my temper, for not forgiving my enemies, for not seeking your glory, for trying to do everything myself, for not trusting your word, for not having the faith and the strength that needs to be inside me to qualify as a child of God. I pray that you will fill me with all of these qualities and all the listeners too. That we may all know the power of God that comes with knowing God in surrendering all our problems to him. He says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Hand it to the Lord. Whatever you ask in my name, I'll give it to you. Knock and the door will be answered. So we knock, Lord. Right now, these are hard times for us all. I pray you release us from the clutches of Satan. I cast out all demons, hexes, curses, witchcraft, Satan and his cronies. In the name of Jesus, out of you, me, out of anyone listening, and anybody within a thousand mile radius of this sermon that is played. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pour the blood over all the people listening. And that it may cover them, their families, and their countries too, with blessings through the Lord Jesus Christ. The protection that comes as being children of God. I pray also for the enemies, that they will also come to know the truth of Jesus Christ through all of their attacks. That they will come to know through our behavior and that God will give us the strength in it. I pray, Lord, that you'll forgive us of any generational curses where our families have prayed to pagans, idols, worshipped idols, 
Masons, Masonic worship, Freemasons, tarot readers, Ouija boards, pagan festivals, or anything of this nature. I pray you will break those chains of any generational curses on me and anyone listening. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray that you will turn your face from anger, Lord, but show favor on us all. Please give us wisdom and understanding to get navigate these hard times as well. Peace and joy and happiness that comes with your Holy Spirit and the understanding to pray for our enemies and to forgive everyone so they don't have a hold on us anymore. And for you to please reinforce that you love us and to provide all our needs. As it says in the Bible that you will provide everything. You provide for the birds, you will provide for us. So I pray that you will provide in every way, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, that you will heal us of any ailments and protect us from any attacks from the demonics, witchcraft, any curses or anything demonic in the hospitals or the doctors or the dentist or anything that we take, we use, that we eat, that it won't harm us. Because it says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper in Isaiah 54, 17. I pray that you will heal all people who are listening to this. If they've had the injection, that they will repent and seek your forgiveness and that you will heal them. And if they are suffering any ramifications of anything going on with the world and the 5G and the electricity and anything else weird, that you'll protect them and shield them with a big armor around their bodies and around their homes and around their lives and protect them from the radiation and the attacks of all of this technology and the smart system and the money system that you'll provide for us where there is no way, there will be a way through you, Jesus Christ, as you are the Lord of miracles. I pray this now for everyone listening. No matter how hard your burdens are, I pray that the Lord will provide a solution. No matter how many enemies have come up against you, I pray that the Lord will defeat them and scatter them if they are not redeemable and that he will show that he is God, that every knee will bow before the Lord mighty Jesus Christ and know that he is the mighty lamb that opens the, the scroll of Revelation the great Amun, our great Amun. He says this in the Revelation. It's very good to see who he calls himself. Strongly recommend you look at that in the, all the churches, what he calls himself and all the blessings he gives all the churches. There's only one church really that receives big blessings in this as well. Mighty Jesus Christ, I thank you for loving me. Mighty Jesus Christ, I thank you for saving me. Mighty Jesus Christ, I thank you for choosing me and anointing me and appointing me on earth in whatever capacity you will use me. I'm your humble servant. I thank you for bearing with me my instability sometimes. I pray that you will provide the same for all my listeners that they will learn something from what I am showing them.
that has happened to me that people who have turned away from God will hear this prayer and turn back to God. All my enemies, I pray right now, that are listening, I pray that God will use this sermon to bring you to Christ. And I cast out all demons in all my enemies. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray this now. I thank you all for listening. I thank you all for building the body. Remember that God is with us and he loves us so very much. Every time someone comes to Christ, God cries. All his angels cry. They're all celebrating, singing to God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And remember that if the Lord is holy, we need to be holy. So be careful who you hang around with. You are what you hang around with. You are what you eat. You become who you hang around with. Okay? So just try and remember this also. I thank you, mighty Jesus. Have a wonderful day in heaven. Kisses to everyone. Love you all. all. It's Aisha from God FM. Thank you very much. Have a good day. God bless you all. Take care.